Well, there seemed to be a bit of an improvement, and I think it was to be expected because the economy is slowly getting out of the, the, the impact of the COVID lockdowns. I think gradually we kind of return into normality. But normality in South Africa is not necessarily a good place to be. Maybe just one or two comments that I think are important. First of all is that we have to understand that these, this survey conducted by Stats South Africa is a survey and an estimate. And there are actually very few economic data, apart from things like, for example, interest rates and exchange rates. There's not that much economic data that are hard data. It is, it's an estimate, more or less. And the reason why I put emphasis on this specifically now is because the, the, this data was collected by making use of telephone calls and not a face-to-face uh, interview with people. And that's, a, that, that's something that we have to understand that is an estimate. And secondly, uh, I think what we need to establish, like, instead of looking at all these numbers that some of the numbers you've just mentioned, we should look at, try to look at one specific number only when you talk about unemployment or employment in South Africa. And the number that I would really uh, propose is that we look at the labor force participation rate. Uh, because that, that sort of strips all these bells and whistles from all these data, and we get as a much better indication of what is really going on. And the labor force participation rate simply means how many people, what percentage of people that are supposed to be working are working. And that number also uh, improved. So most of these number, uh, numbers improved, and the labor force participation rate in South Africa now is 56.9%, which is slightly better than the last couple of months, but it's not still not where it was before the pandemic, and it's actually quite low compared to many other countries in the world. But I can give you a breakdown of where the jobs were created and Please, where some jobs were lost. Because uh, that was going to be my next question. You know, yeah. what have been the contributing factors to the figures that came out today? Yeah, community services, that was a big uh, creator of jobs in South Africa, 280,000. And I guess that uh, many of those are people, civil servants, actually getting employed there. The good news, without a doubt, is manufacturing uh, created 630, uh, or rather 263,000 jobs. That's also a very good indication because that's where we want jobs in the manufacturing industry. And trade also a couple, about close to 100,000, and households also a couple of thousand jobs that were created there. But some of the job losses were in finance, uh, construction. I lost about 60,000 jobs. I'm quite concerned about that uh, because, again, construction is one of those places where we can create jobs, and we need construction. We need capital formation in South Africa. Agriculture, and I was quite surprised about that, is that agriculture lost uh, about 23,000 jobs uh, in that specific quarter. But overall, I guess the good news certainly is that manufacturing created quite a large number of jobs, which certainly is good news. Now, against uh, that bit of good news, Davi, is, of course, a picture of um, massive fuel price increase and, of course, rolling blackouts by ESCOM. Yeah, I I don't know if you've received uh, any information yet on the fuel price increase of tomorrow. I'm waiting for that. We're still waiting. Uh, We're all waiting. Yeah. We all seem to be waiting for that, but I'm afraid there's a massive fuel price increase that can be expected tomorrow, unless the Minister of Finance pulls a rabbit out of hat somewhere. So that is something that we need to be very concerned about. And then over the next couple of months, what we are going to see is a significant increase in the price of uh, uh, of, uh, of food, uh, food prices. So I'm very concerned about that. And that, in an environment where we have exceptionally large levels of high levels of unemployment and poverty, food prices going up, that is certainly something that we all need to be very, very concerned about.
Just listen to an insert in the news about uh, scholar transport uh, operators who are basically, you know, on their knees at this point because the parents obviously are pleading with them not to put up the prices. They cannot continue to absorb uh, the yeah. price increases. Uh, that's just one example. Then you have uh, COVID-19 and that has changed the landscape of how people work in South Africa. And I must say, it's just so ironic. Um, my son, for example, Davi, who's been working from home since the start of the pandemic, they've just been told to go back to the office. And boom, on the day, on the eve of this massive fuel price increase. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and South Africa is a big place. Our uh, public transport is not that good. We all know that. So we are very much dependent, and uh, and uh, the price of the increase in the petrol price is certainly affecting most of us. We need to transport a lot of stra- stuff. So the increase in the petrol price will also contribute to increase in food price increases as well. So everything coming together, I'm afraid it's painting a picture of South Africans are really getting under, uh, coming under some significant price pressures over the, over the next uh, couple of months. But what I think is important also is that something that I'm concerned about is that in this environment where the private sector is expected to, to absorb all these price increases with high levels of unemployment and poverty, civil servants are demanding for uh, wage increases of around about 10% or so. I think it's 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 just no, uh, it's the civil servants also must, must carry some of the brunt of this. I think we overtax in South Africa and we simply cannot afford these high levels of taxes as well. And on top of all of this, we've got all these other increases as well. So it's gonna, it's a painting quite a grim picture of what can be expected over the next couple of months. I think many would agree with you about being overtaxed, but how do we rectify that? Who should be taxed? Where should that uh, revenue be derived from? Well, I can tell you where we can't increase taxes further. Uh, we cannot increase taxes on personal income anymore because uh, we can simply look at who's contributing there. And the, the personal income taxpayers are contributing by far the most to the fiscus. We, uh, we, the only place where I think we can realistically increase our tax is on value-added tax, but politically that's extremely difficult to do. And the fuel levy itself, it's also a bad tax. All taxes are always bad, but the fuel tax is in fact not such a bad tax compared to some other much worse taxes, like company taxes, as an example. So if I was the Minister of Finance, I will not extend the, the reduction in the fuel levy. Uh, instead, what I would try, try to focus is on try to spend less on a, uh, from the state. State spending, that is actually the problem, not taxes necessarily. So just a final one, Davi. We see the price yes. of Brent crude still creeping upwards at this stage. And we know geopolitical uh, situations outside of our control are also still ongoing. What is the worst case scenario? At, at which point do we say we yeah. have now reached, uh, you know, breaking point, <laughs> we've hit the wall? Well, economies is not like that. Economies is not like a car driving into a brick wall. It doesn't come to an end. It gradually sort of fizzes out. We have been experiencing a decline in economic activities. We have been experiencing a fall in per capita GDP, and that is likely to continue. As far as the world price is concerned, uh, they're in a really bad case scenario. I think it's possible for the world price to go to $150, $180 a barrel. I don't think that is going to happen. In fact, in a, in a year's time, I would expect the oil price to be below $100 or so. And the correct, uh, the sort of the equilibrium correct level for oil price, I would argue, is around about $60 a barrel. Uh, exactly half to where it is at the moment. So uh, obviously, geopolitical factors like what is happening in Central Europe at the moment is contributing quite a lot to the very high levels of the world price at the moment. With a bit of luck, that can come down.